from the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask hockey shops present College Hockey West Weekly. Behind the Masks College Hockey West Weekly is brought to you by Toyota of the Desert, where there's more to our dealership than just sales and service. Your trusted Toyota dealer at toyotaofthedesert.com or at 68-105 Kyle Road in Cathedral City, California. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Stop in for lunch, cater your next event, or just buy a couple of bottles of our award-winning sauces. Top Golf, let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to NCHC.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. The Tag Creative Group. Search T. Grand Rudd at redbubble.com and let us help you create a unique design for you or your business. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, where an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations around the world. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly with locations in Tempe, Pine Top, and our ghost kitchen in Queen Creek. Order online at thespaghettishack.com. Liberty University, play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. Summer skates, shower shoes, or koozies to show your game and style at summerskates.com. And by the Caesars Sportsbook app, a proud partner of the NHL. College Hockey West Weekly from the Summer Skate Studios presented by Behind the Mask as a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. Oh, welcome in, hockey fans, to another College Hockey West Live? No, sorry. College Hockey West Weekly. It's Tuesday night. Oh my God. Uh, I'm all mixed up because I am attention. in Las Vegas. I'm in Las up. Vegas. Hold on a minute. I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, it, can right? you take the show for a little while? Because I'm just feasting on a little Jesse Ray's barbecue. And I'm going to start right off with that in a minute. But Scott Strandy with you from the 37th floor of the beautiful Rio Hotel and Suites. My uh, co my co-host as always, Paul Hornstein, yapping it up from that big, beautiful palatial estate out on Long Island, New York. Paul, um, I was planning on having Jesse Ray's today, and I got it, but I got it from the Henderson location because terrible news last night. Uh, Jesse Ray's original location on fifty six eleven South Valley View Boulevard, right here in Las Vegas, started on fire last night. Apparently. A wiring fire. I had time to just stop by and smell and take pictures, and uh, it smelled like burnt wires. Yeah, that's not good. Um, I, I was really bad. I, I, I saw that, and it's funny because Mike just um, yesterday was it yesterday or maybe it was Sunday, but uh, one of the one of our mutual followers uh, posted a picture of her with some God sauce and I love that stuff. And he sent me a bottle once and it went pretty quickly. And, you know, I told Mike how awesome it was. And, you know, he said, thank you and stuff. So, you know, we know he's looking and, uh, 
It's awful, really awful. Yeah, it is. Uh, the building, as you saw in the pictures, is still standing, but the inside is pretty much gutted. Um, so Mike was over there today. I stopped in and saw the guys over at the, uh, the Henderson location and picked myself up some pulled pork, some smoked nice. chicken, some corn, some mac and cheese, and some tater tots. I got to go. Talk to you guys later. King. Yeah, once again, it's good to be the king, baby. Anyway, just down the street from me is the uh, T-Mobile Arena where there's a uh, massive hockey game going on tonight. Really? Um, just turned on the TV to see uh, the players walking in, Matthew Kachuk, Sergei Brovosky, um, Jack Eichel, Jonathan Marsha. So it's going to be a battle. Our own Stephen Marsh is inside. Uh, right. Well, actually, he went outside because he wanted to see Steve Aoki. <laughs> he also wanted to see the flyover, apparently. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so he went outside for a bit. The cup is here. Uh, it's been making its rounds around the hotels in Vegas and all that good stuff. So it is what it is. Um, also, starting right now is right. the AHL Calder Cup Finals. Right. Game three in Hershey. Right. Right. Um our good, my, my good friend, <laughs> Mike, oh, is taking photos for us out there. So I'll have some fresh photos. Um, and he said all he's going to take of Hershey is of the mascot and of Hershey bars. That's it. How do you get <laughs> your head through the door? <laughs> I don't know. But speaking Holy of that, smokes. I'm not going to mess around any longer because my head gets through a door down in Tucson at the Tucson Arena quite right. frequently. I don't know the, why he does that. I don't know why he lets you <laughs> For the head, head coach of the University of Arizona, Chad Berman, joining us. Coach, how are you? Great to finally hear from you again. I'm sorry. I've been crazily busy. How have you been? I'm doing awesome. How are you guys doing? We're doing good, Coach. We're doing good. Um, you know, hold on a minute, Paul. Hold on. Hold okay. your thought. I'm going to tell Coach right off the get-go. Uh, Coach oh. Paul, Paul was all over me today because he said, you have to get Coach Berman on because we got to have equal time. If we have Powers on Sunday, we need Berman on Tuesday. Yeah, I don't know. I think Powers deserves a little more light. <laughs> well, you know, um, I've just – listen, um, uh because He's I don't know what Scott, no, because I don't know what what Scott tells you, and I don't know what people know, what they don't know. But most of the regulars here know where I went to school, and 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 my feelings. And um, um, I don't make it. I make it painfully clear that I want you guys to jump. I I I want you guys to do whatever it takes, whatever <laughs> winning you have to do on the ice, most of the time. Um, to 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 get somebody to say, "Here's the check, baby." That's what I want. So, the, uh, despite what Scott might say, not that anybody <laughs> listens, but you know, I pull for you guys. Well, we appreciate that. You know. Oh, so okay, hold on a minute. Let Let's start right into this thing because um, last year you guys attempted to uh, play an exhibition against uh, ASU, the D1 team. And yeah. uh, due to some the construction issues at Mullet, they weren't able to get that going, and uh, things fell through where you didn't play at Oceanside. But this year, it's happening, right? Is it uh, October 6th? Have I got that date right? 6th or 7th? Yeah, something. Um, Greg and I have been bouncing around for a while, mainly mainly Greg. And um, obviously the appeal of Mullet Arena is too good to pass up. But, yeah, we're looking at October 6th. Um, just purely from a player experience, which is where I'm approaching this. I just 
think the opportunity to play a Division One game and see what, what we're anticipating to be a sold-out crowd, um, the experience these guys will have will last a lifetime, and, and we really value the experience our players get here. Coach, I don't know if you knew this, but um, Coach Powers said he's going to take credit for any kind of recruits that you get now because he thinks that that was a big recruiting tool for you. <laughs> it, it doesn't hurt if he needs credit. I mean, I'll get him a, like a you know like a little uh, smiley face sticker. He can put on his <laughs> I love I love it. Um, but I I wanted to start off by saying. Um, Paul and I have talked so much about this cross-pollination between ACHA and NCAA. Uh, yeah. Denver's doing it again uh, with two, with Minot. Um, CC has jumped into the fray with Simon Fraser and Minot. Um, so there's there's exhibition games going on. What are your thoughts? Obviously, yeah, you like it or you wouldn't do it, but how important is that for, for both teams? I mean, the NCAA team gets a... a an exhibition game, you guys get a chance to match up against uh, an, an NCAA team? Yeah, I, I think it's incredibly beneficial for all, all people. And it seems like there's been some kind of a rule change that I'm not real familiar with, honestly, about what they can do in terms of exhibition. I, I love that it's a decision that allows flexibility that's in the best interest of the game. Too often we're focused on our little areas, our little politics, instead of seeing what's the best interest of everybody. And it certainly seems like it gives a Division One team an opportunity to, um, you know, get the kinks out on the ice, get an exhibition game under their belt. I think one of the underlying things that benefits NCAA as well that maybe isn't talked about as much or on the surface um, is, you know, they're they're putting on a show in arena like that, and so it allows them to get the bells and whistles moving and the videos and the and the audio and the timing and the game sheets. It's a nice trial run for them, and then for obviously. For us, it gets us an opportunity. You know, all my guys dreamed of playing Division One hockey. I played. A, I dreamed of playing Division One hockey to have a chance to play in a game, despite the challenge of the game, um, in a crowd like that, in an environment like that. Um, you know, as a competitor, um, it's just an incredible opportunity. Again, we're we're not naive to the enormous challenge that's in front of us. Um, but as far as I, I stand in our program, like we're never going to turn down a challenge because of the difficulty. Um, we want to, we want to thrive on that and we're going to get a lot of film out of it ourselves to prepare for the season. Uh, I was joking with Greg, it shouldn't give me a lot of D zone film, uh, you know, like <laughs> I'm sure we're going to have to hunker down a bit. Um, and that's a good thing. I, I don't think you get better without getting challenged. And I can't think of anything more challenging than playing an impressive program like Arizona state's team there. Um, and as we go on in the season, we've got some tough games, whether it be the Minots or the Adrians or the Maryvilles. Um, I think it also sets a standard of, uh, you know, nothing's going to be more intimidating than this. Coach, uh, is, is Scott brought it up or does it help you? Or maybe it's just it's too soon uh, to say to a guy, hey, listen, you know, at least once or twice a year, we're going to play against that D1 team that maybe overlooked you. <laughs> To get somebody yeah. in? Yeah, I don't think it hurts by any means. I mean, look around. I look, I, I'm a fan of the ACHA beyond being a, a, a coach in it. Right. And I, so I pay attention to the league and who's recruiting and who's doing what. Look at who Minot's recruiting. You're telling me that, you know, obviously they're riding a wave with the national championship, uh, but they just, the defending champs just ended three really good players out of the North American League in Manitoba. Um, and I got to believe the opportunity to play a division one game at Denver for those guys who, you know, we're hoping to make an announcement on a really big player that we're going to get. And we think part of it was because of this too. It's not all of it. It can't be all right. Of it. No, it can't be obviously. Uh, right. But it's just another, like, 
as a recruiter, we're constantly looking for wedges and reasons to say, um, you know, what we provide. And a lot of what we deliver is on experience. I don't, there is no program at any level uh, that can provide the experience we can. Maybe ASU is, is the one. And by that, I mean a top-notch business degree, 80-degree weather. We get 4,000 people to a game. Um, you're going to have a shot at winning a national championship. There are some programs who can provide some of those things. There just aren't many who can provide all of it. Uh, with the palm trees and all that, we can provide all of it. And now to add another wedge and say, you know, we're going to play a Division One game at Mullet Arena, um, of course that's appealing. Um, you know, I don't think anybody, in my experience, most guys who don't get D1 all think they're supposed to go D1. Well, let's right. go. This is your chance. This is your chance to go prove that you belong. Um, and, you know, obviously for us, it's going to challenge us significantly the size, the strength, the speed the structure, uh, the depth, it's a whole nother conversation and um, only pause that's going to come out of challenging us. Um, as you prepare for something like that, uh, do you talk to the guys like Kirk Handy, who, who, who've done it a couple of times, the guys up at UNLV who've done it a couple of times, even uh, going on the road to play some of these teams? Um, uh, like they did to, like they went up to Alaska. Do you talk to them about finding and i hate to use this teacher word because it really makes me nuts to begin with metrics or rubrics uh, how to measure how well uh, you, you you do in these games um you know I, I think i will pick pick you know their brain i mean i do it anyways if i right I, when i went to adrian i called liberty last year right? i mean i think that stuff happens anyways i'm not like i'm such a process-oriented person i'm not approaching this game as how are we going to win it? I'm trying to approach it as how are we going to do the things right? And hopefully it puts us in a position to, to, to have a chance to win. So I really, um, you know, how realistic is it we go to win this game? I, I don't know. It's probably pretty slim. Is it possible? Absolutely. And, and in, in the process, can we challenge ourselves to make it, uh, you know, a closer and tighter game? I know this. We're, we got a lot of offense next year. I want to challenge them in the D zone. I want to get stuff on film. Um, and part of it is just experience it. Right. Well, that's what I mean. I'm not even talking about the, the final result. I'm talking about just uh, a situation of how do you measure for yourselves what is success or, or, or what might not be knowing the difference in, in the levels. Yeah, and that's where it's just, it's got to be processed. And, and hopefully, honestly, hopefully that's how I respond to every game. Like when I talk to my team after a game, it's not going to be about the outcome. Uh, and hopefully the process has been done right enough to create the outcome we want. But, I mean, we won 6 nothing games last year, and I was like, you know, that wasn't good enough. That's not going to cut it. And then we'd lose a one nothing game, and I was like, guys, you keep playing that way, and good things are going to happen. And, and I think you have to remain uh, that way. I, you know, I think you got to look for short, attainable goals in a game like this and the enormity of this, um, and, and certainly we will. Um, but quite honestly, I think it's in our best interest to prepare for this team like any other team. Um, and honestly, I'm more concerned, I'm more hopeful on how it'll prepare us for the other ACHA games um, than right. anything else. Right, because you guys, when and, I, and obviously, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm on the website, and I don't think you guys have put out your schedule yet. It might be too early. But you guys usually go and play in some tough, tough spots. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you, you're going to be playing in, in, a, in, a, in front of 5,000 that night. And, you know, you're going to do that on the road against some pretty good teams, some teams 
and 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 there are teams in years that I'm 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 sure you feel the same way that you guys beat some D three teams. Yeah. Um, and, and you're going to play teams like that a lot, especially, um, you know, since strength of schedule is very important in the ACHA. Yeah, no question. We are going to go to Maryville this year. We have a good relationship with them and obviously through our connections with John Hogan. And, you know, we're going there actually, we're going to go to a two game weekend and then we're also going to catch them on a Thursday before we go play in Missouri State out there. Um, same reason, like it's a good, big physical team. On the road last year, we went to Adrian, played a third and three against Adrian. They were on their second game. Like I told my team, I knew I stacked the deck against them. I knew I re- created more resistance and challenge, but I also told them they would grow and learn from that, and they have. And I'm and I'm hoping last year's Adrian experience continues into this year, to where we, um, you know, we've gained enough experience in these environments, and it continues to be the norm and the comfort zone because come March, there's nothing comfortable about that national tournament. So the more uncomfortable I can make my group, the more prepared they'll be. Um, I would say this, in terms of big crowds, that shouldn't be something that shakes us too much. I mean, we play in front of 4,000. We, we've had home games up to 5,500 fans. So I think if there's any team that should be able to step in and handle a crowd, um, we should be we should be pretty comfortable in that environment. And I think if you ask most hockey players, it's fun being the road team. It's fun to be the villain, to be hated, to be heckled, to be chirped. Um, you know, that, that stuff's a different experience in itself. So I don't anticipate that being a major challenge. But it will be like, you know, like the things they're going to remember are going to be the morning skate, the post-dinner, the walk into the arena. Like those are the things long-term that, that they're going to take with them forever. And that's, um, you know, ultimately that's the kind of experience we want to provide. Coach, I hope you have like six hours because we may go really long tonight. I just got like a stack of questions for you here. Um, the first one I want to ask is kind of a crossover with what we talked about with Coach Powers. And Paul and I have talked about this off uh, off air as well. But um, Coach Powers said last year that his team was not as strong and physical as he would have liked. And he said this year he added guys that were bigger, stronger, faster, more physical, stronger, and um, that's the words that I'm using. <laughs> he, used, he used some different ones, uh, as you can about imagine. And I asked Paul, I said, as a uh, ASU alum, Paul, I said, are you nervous on the fact that, that Coach is kind of throwing it out there that his guys are going to be big and physical? Because I, I think that sometimes coaches and other teams hear that kind of rhetoric and they'll say, oh, so you're going to be big, fe- mean, physical, uh, chippy, whatever you want to call it, um, and that may work against them subconsciously from an official from another coach. Did you worry about that at all, or is that just like, hey, I build my roster and they play the way they play? Yeah, not at all. Um, I have had that conversation with Greg on the phone, and ironically, we're we're trying to do the same thing. Um, last This time last summer, I was recruiting. We had zero offense. If we could break two goals, like if somebody put three on us, we were in trouble. It was just it was a frustrating year. We didn't have enough offense. We didn't have enough execution on that end. So we added some scores last summer, and then the pendulum swung too far the other way, and it, we just weren't winning enough 50-50 puck battles. Um, and we got exposed consistently throughout the season, perhaps in the national tournament. Um, and so really we're, we're in the same place Greg is. We're looking for guys who want to win 50-50 puck battles. Like you can get away with some things in the regular season, but that's certainly not the ultimate goal here. You know, we'd like to lift a national championship someday like everybody else. Um, and to do that, you've got to be you've got to be built on grit, 
toughness, winning puck battles, that doesn't mean cheap. That doesn't mean dirty. Um, but if, if you and I each have 50% chance of going to get that puck, we need a team that's going to get those more and not. And that leads to it's not about the physicality as much as it's the puck possession. That leads to more time in zone. They're chasing us. They're tired in our zone. They're probably taking more penalties. Um, we're wearing them out. When they get a line change, they can't counterattack because they're doing enough to get over the red and get it deep. Like that's really the residual effect of those details. Um, look at the ACHA. If you look at how the teams are built that have consistent success, and let's just let's just boil it down to the two teams who met in the national championship this year, Adrian and Minot. Those two teams play with grit, they play with bite, and they win puck battles. Um, and that's what it takes to be successful that time of the year because everybody's got skill, everybody can score, everybody's got goaltending, depth, matchup guys, all that stuff. It's going to come down to the will to win a 50-50 puck battle. I mean, we, we emphasize and emphasize puck battles because of how important it is. I'm getting ready to do a hockey camp here uh, in a, about 11 days in Peoria, Arizona. We're going to do an entire film presentation based on the Stanley Cup Finals so people can relate to it on, on the effects of 50-50 puck battles. How do you win it? How do you increase your chances of winning it? And furthermore, what's the impact? And so when we're teaching 50-50 puck battles in my hockey camp, what I try to stress to them is I want to change to you how you watch the game. Meaning, back to film up. We're all susceptible to watching the highlights. You see the guy make a pass to slot and score. Well, back it up. Because if this play in the neutral zone doesn't happen and this guy doesn't support the puck here and we don't get that puck and we don't cut the gloves and we don't do these things necessary, None of that stuff happens. And I think ultimately that's what Greg's after. It's certainly what I'm after. Um, and, and that's that's the nature of winning playoff hockey. And, and Coach, you know, uh, we we talked about this last night uh, based on, 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 on the comment. Um, and I don't know because I only – I mean, I coached a couple of years, but they were 12 and 13 years old and stuff. But how – Often at your level, do you have to tell guys, hey, don't go, you don't have to go out of your way to be physical. If you yeah. stay where you're supposed to be and play your position properly, the hits will come to you. You don't have to go looking for them. Yeah, and physicality, like, I know Babcock's big on calling it check for chances. Physicality is misinterpreted. Like, when I teach winning puck battles and being physical, we emphasize cutting the gloves off. It's something we took from Pro how Providence teaches their uh, their puck battles, and I was fortunate enough to sit in a presentation and steal some nuggets out of that and apply it to my own team. Um, but I emphasize cutting the cutting the gloves. So when we go work on this, and I'll do a 50-50 puck battle in the corner, I'll emphasize to the group, look, this isn't a go kill them in the wall type of thing. This no. is a how do you establish positioning. And so we emphasize cutting the gloves. If you go and reach for a puck, you're not going to likely win very many puck battles. If you go hit in the body before the puck, you're probably going to get some interference penalties. We want them attacking the gloves with their body on, on the mitts. And if so, you've cut them off. You've established inside positioning. And really, ultimately, the physicality leads to positioning. Are we checking for chances? And what are we reproducing off of it? But puck possession is so important today. Um, and, and it's not about – it's easy to have a stat and to talk about what it means to have the puck. You have to back the film up to say, but how do we have, make sure we get it more to have it? Well, see, that's even more specific than than, than I was getting, and that's a that's a that's a good analogy, a good way to describe it, because most most players and, and, and most most fans that are you know longtime fans can certainly understand that, and I and I and that's uh, that's I have to try and remember that. 
Paul, can I can I tell you that's why I I think the ACHA is getting really good. <laughs> Coaches like Coach Berman out there uh, doing this, Coach, and that leads me into this one because we change the name of our uh, Wednesday night podcast now to the American Collegiate Hockey Top Twenty. Good. And I, I I did no disrespect to the conference that you play in or anything like that, but uh, Stephen and I looked and uh, we watched the national tournament again and we said, you know what? We need to focus on the top 20, 25 teams in the country that really want to be national champions, that really want to be whatever it takes to be the very best that they can be, and hopes that maybe the teams that are in spot 20 to 40 try to work into that. So that's what we're doing this year. We're attacking it a little differently because um, I think you guys deserve some more recognition. And, um, you know, so let's start with this goaltender. Six foot seven? What the heck? <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> we tend to play some like sand volleyball. <laughs> we lose coach, or did you guys lose me? I I, I don't know. <laughs> I think we I, I I think we lost the coach here. I don't know what. Uh, Maybe his phone is ringing or something because I can see him. Yeah, you can see, um, you can see. It looks like he's talking, but yeah, he's uh, talking. Uh, I just can't yeah. hear him. Coach, uh, I think we lost you. Are you back on? Sorry. No, that's okay. It happens. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Explain that again if you could. Hello. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever you were just saying, Coach. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, I can see him talking. He must be slightly disconnected because I we're not hearing him. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, um, you know, modern technology is great, right? We get to talk to the coach, but sometimes it, it, it cuts him off. So I, <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Maybe we'll um, get reconnected here in just a second, or uh, maybe check his. Maybe he bumped his phone or something. He's on mute. Um, We'll see if we can get them back. Get them back on yeah, here, but yeah, we want to hear about this. The, yeah. uh, the last thing I heard was sand volleyball. Yeah, <laughs> six foot seven. I think he's going to be okay. Sand volleyball, probably. probably. <laughs> so. Anyway, uh, while we wait to get some sound back from Coach Berman, um, that's what I was telling you, Paul. That's why the change in the name of the Wednesday night podcast, because you know, I'll. You know me. I'll shake pom-poms for anybody, but... Well, that's true. God here's, knows you do that enough. But here's what you got to do. You got to earn it a little bit, right? I mean, if you're serious about this, and you look at the teams, as Chad was mentioning earlier, uh, that, that want to be in the, the top and challenging for a national championship at the ACHA level, you see what they do, right? Uh, Coach, we have you back? Sorry, what is going on? Yeah, that's all right. It happens. <laughs> Anyway, you're, you're a great silent film guy, by the way. <laughs> I got a face for radio, that's for sure. Well, no, that's our <laughs> Okay, go ahead and give us the uh, the one more time, if you can. Uh, I was talking about the, the change in our podcast. Yeah, I mean, well, first thing I would say is I talk to John Hogan at Maryville a lot. We're good friends. We talk multiple times a week. We both feel like I don't. I don't know if others don't pay as close attention to the ACHA in the offseason as much as we do, um, but we both feel like there's a 
an incredible amount of recruiting going on that is very, very impressive right now. Um, like one of the challenges I have is we're going to be a much better hockey team this year. And I got to explain to my group, that's good. Feel good about it. But don't think for a second, the others aren't getting better too. Um, like the challenge is significant, but like I'm looking at Adrian, Minot, Liberty, Ohio, UNLV, those teams aren't, they're not just sitting around Jamestown, Maryville, all those teams are crushing their recruiting. I think the ACHA is in for a massive jump. I could list you 12 to 15 teams right now that I think have a chance to be a top five. And at the end of the day, we got to start knocking off the Liberties, the Adrians, the Minots, um, if we're going to start getting to that conversation. And they're not waiting around for us to do that. They want to get better, too. It's very obvious. So I, I think this is going to be a heck of a year in the ACHA. Well, and, and it makes sense, right? And I'm not knocking – I'm not trying to knock Division Three because there's a lot of good players at the Division Three level. Yeah, but you know, push comes to shove. There's always going to be those kids. I'd rather play at this level in front of three or four thousand people than play in front of three or four hundred people. Yeah, and I think the thing we really stress is you're going to be an alumni someday. I don't think it's something players think about when they're when they're going to picking their school, but you are going to be an alumni someday, and like. Um, I played at Fredonia State. I enjoyed my time there. I had four or five buddies from juniors. We were a top 10 team in the country. Um, it was good. Everything was fine. I, I was on a top line, power play, all that. Enjoyed my time. But since coming here, it's been the eye-opening of the experience difference. Um, like, there's no football team I'm following at Fredonia. They don't even have one. The basketball team, I have no idea what they're up to. Um, okay, all right. Co co uh, coach, hold on a second. <laughs> now, I oh, here we go, Sun Devil. Eye-opening? Going from Fredonia to Tucson. Yes. In and it's forget about coaching or living or, or working. That's that's eye opening in and of itself. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So I just I just want people to understand. I don't I mean, no, this that this has nothing to do with me being an ASU alum. I'm just saying I, I I've been around the neighborhood of Fredonia and, and, and I've been to Tucson and I, I, I I'm just saying I did you when you say eye opening, I don't think people understand just how eye opening. <laughs> yeah, and then he, look at all these teams. Everybody's getting BCHL, uh, you know, Saskatchewan, Alberta, uh, CCHL, NAHL. I mean, I think it's starting to become obvious to other people that they can get a better degree, a bigger school experience, at better weather with a bigger environment. There's just too many arguments right now that are tipping people towards the ACHA. We're not going to win all of those, and neither are they. Um, but I do think that that's becoming more prominent in that it's not such a stretch to say, I got to have that NCAA sticker on my helmet anymore. Um, I think we've certainly closed the gap on, on that perception. And anybody who's struggling with that perception, go watch two top five teams play. Yeah, totally agree with you. Okay, we missed the part about sand volleyball. So let's get that six foot seven goaltender <laughs> and tell us about sand volleyball. Yeah, so I was joking with Jesse Lowell. Obviously, I'm I'm in daily communication with him and everything we do, and our, as our captain there, and and I was just joking that we play sand volleyball. Usually, we'll like, you know, kind of a quasi cover up plyometrics, but it's fun team bonding. Uh, and I was just joking with Jesse. I think I know who the first pick is this year. I think we got that locked up. <laughs> well, here's the thing. We we go, joked with Coach Powers because he's never lost a wiffle ball game, I don't think, since he went D1 because he always puts himself on the championship roster. Uh -huh. So is that you? Are you going to do that? Are you going to pick out your six foot seven goaltender and say, hey, buddy, can I be on I, your team? Or? 
I might have to, and I would issue, let's make this a public statement. I'd like to challenge Greg to a wiffle ball game then. Let's go. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Let's, oh, I yeah. think we could do that. I think yeah. October uh, well, 5th is open. <laughs> yeah. we'll, uh, I'll, I'll pass the, I'll, I'll get the word through the network and say, let's go. I'm, I, yeah. Oh, man. I love okay. it. I'll send a couple of inappropriate emojis to get things going if I have to. Oh, that's awesome. That's okay. Awesome. Uh, so I, I wanted to touch a little bit about that roster. I know you can't talk about your your prize recruit that you hope is going to be signing on the dotted line very soon. Um, but um, what you've been doing, you talked a little bit about how you're building this team. And when you look at, um, well, two things. The first one is that trip to, to Boston had to be immensely difficult in getting there and doing what you had to do and, and playing that kind of competition. But then... Also, you look at the other side of things, it's back in St. Louis now. And I had Michael Rivera on last Wednesday, and, and he made a huge statement <laughs> to the ACHA that it needs to stay in St. Louis uh, permanently because it's fair to everybody. So your thoughts on those two things? Yeah, um, you're not going to meet a bigger fan of Mike Rivera than me. I, I just think the guy's brilliant. He's one of the smartest hockey minds I've ever been around. He, he is very humbling to talk hockey with because he is so detailed. Uh, I definitely consider him a friend, and, and he was also on the Team USA uh, staff, and so I was on that committee and got to know him more. Um, so I would just tell you anything he says we should listen to, to be honest with you. I just think he's a, an incredible guy in a hockey mind. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily disagree. I think there's some perks to that. Obviously, we're about to build a brand-new you know, $94 million arena. We'd love to be able to host nationals. So the bias side of me would, would like to see that happen. How, if it's unrealistic or not, doesn't mean we don't want to do it. Um, I do think it makes sense in the, in the central area there, uh, the Chicago's the St. Louis's. Um, it's certainly easy for us. It's not, it's a more simple travel than going all the way to Boston. Um, you know, and I think it pleases a lot of people and obviously he's a little more centrally located. So I'm sure he sees it as very manageable. Let me, let me throw this out there. I don't know if you heard this at all, but uh, we had Wyatt Wasilachik on uh, shortly after the national tournament, and um, <laughs> he was very forthcoming and everything about it. And he said, you know, when I saw the tournament was in Boston, he said, I was more nervous than the players. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, he said, I started thinking about all of our supporters and all the sponsors and people that put money up to send us out there. And I'm going like, if we lose in that first game, I don't know what I'm going to tell these people that put all this money into us going out there and we had to yeah. turn around and come back. So uh, I think sometimes that's a little bit of the realistic side of things. And then in the other thing is Michael also, I asked him about the, the, the thoughts or possibilities of ever going to NCAA division one. And, and he answered it about as good as I think it can be answered. He said, you know, I bring my players in and we go to games as if we're an NCAA team. I don't know if we ever will be, but he said, I don't want, if the, if the university were ever going to come to me and say, Hey, I want to go elevate your program to D one. I don't want them ever to come to me and say, your guys aren't ready for it. And I thought that really epitomizes what you, your team and the top 20, 25 teams in ACHA D one do, whether you go NCAA or not, you play and you act like D1 teams. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, I played NCAA hockey at Fredonia. Um, whenever I'm recruiting a kid, I, I'm straight to the point. We run this like at an NCAA program um, because that's the respect it deserves. Um, 
everything we do, like I, that's why I hate the club term. I know we've talked about it and you agree. I just, it's such a shortcoming of everything that's involved. There's nothing we're doing that's any different. It's just a different acronym for a different league, the same expectations, same commitment level. Um, you know, like they're not getting the crowds we're getting, that kind of stuff. So um, I just, obviously Arizona State has made an annoyance of my email account because since they've gone Division One, everyone and their mother wants to know when we are, why we aren't. And I just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm being honest with you, I just don't care. I don't care because it's not something I can control. Um, there's no sense that if it happens, it means I'm involved. Like it's just, it's so down the road. To me, if we do things the right way and it's at a ch at a chance to grow further and that's what it leads to, then we'll be proud of that. Um, I cringe. Some people in the league tend to use this, we're going to go D1 as a lie, as a recruiting tool. I'm not telling any kid because we're playing Arizona State in a Division One game. That means we are just to sucker them into signing a dotted line and then to tell them the next year, sorry. Um, that stuff bothers me that's going on amongst the ACHA. I think we're really genuinely doing this for the right reasons. We want them to have a great experience. We're going to, both programs are going to benefit. Um, it's a great challenge. It's a great opportunity. Um, and that's what it is. And so if this thing leads to division one, which I understand why people ask, especially with our new arena and everything going on, I just, I think people are surprised at how little I care about that conversation. It's just, uh, hopefully we do things the right way. And, and, and if it leads to that kind of success and great, it's just not something that I, I think other people think about the, D, the D1 thing more than I do. Um, I would agree with Mike in terms of, you know, it wouldn't change how we go about our business. I've, I've had long conversations with Rick Zombo, um, you know, about his transition and how that was. And the, and the first thing he'll tell you is it's the coaching's the same. So to me, it's continue to improve, continue to get it better, do things the right way. Uh, and if that presents itself, then we'll adapt. All right. Can we right. talk well, about that right, building hold on, now? Hold on, hold on, I'm hold so on, excited. Hold on. But... No, we got to no, talk I, about that building. Is, this is talking about the building. Relax a second. Okay, <laughs> Coach, I, I, I get where you're coming from. But as 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 a hockey guy, and I know you are, too, and, I, and I get where you're coming from. But as I said at the beginning, I want you guys to jump. I, mm -hmm. I, I, it's better for ASU if you guys. Of course, ASU wants us to jump, right? Yes. Of course. I get your side of it. Yeah, I'm just uh, you know, but okay. Let's. But I also want Oregon to jump and 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 you know, and some other teams so that we can have a a real Western Conference here. I'm sure that's going to happen eventually down the road. Like my my I I read some of those teams out west that are like some of the D two teams, and I see them posting about Division One, and it's like maybe maybe attack your current challenges first and build it. Bingo. Like, it doesn't it, it doesn't like ASU is a good example. Penn State's a good example. Those two teams they left with rings on their fingers. Right. Um, and they you know ASU had like a third of their roster was like USHL and you know premier junior A program. So that helped their transition. Uh, again to me it's just back to if you continue to build and do things the right way, then you can approach that more realistically from a from a space of of next step scenario. Um, obviously, ASU got what a $32, $34 million donation. Right. So, if anybody who emails me is saying, why aren't we going D1? The email's simple. It's practically a copy and paste at this point. If you've got $34 million, that changes the conversation quick. Oh, yeah. That's not the, that's not the world we're listening, we're working in right now. We're, we're working on how do we win our national champ, our conference? How do we win right. our Cactus Cup? How do we win a national championship? And if you do those things, 
those things are going to present themselves. They'll be knocking on your door, and I'm sure that's going to happen eventually. Oh, but you don't. You wouldn't turn it away if he showed up tomorrow, though, right? No, I'm not afraid of it or declining <laughs> of it. I just like I don't waste a lot of energy in things I don't control. Like I, I'm, oh, no, I'm I trying to figure out how to how to get past that first round of the tournament. I want to win that conference championship again. Uh, Mike's taking that from us. I'd like to snag that thing back if we could. Uh, you know, those, those are the things I spend my day on. Coach, uh, and just so you know, um, Paul lives in a big estate out on Long Island, so yeah, my- he's probably <laughs> going to be boarding a plane to come visit you soon. Well, listen, there you go. <laughs> listen, my estate is the ocean side of estate, so don't let him freaking <laughs> tell you this. Anyway, anyway, okay, let's get into this building because um, we're excited about it. You know, uh, I made it up there sicker than a dog when you guys first introduced this a couple of years ago now, I think, or almost two years ago. Um, where do we stand? Um, are things on track? When are we going to break ground? When can I be there to take pictures of shovels in the ground? Yeah, we're hoping, it seems like we're projected for November, October, November, shovels in the ground. Um, obviously, we're excited. I, I drive by the land and envision things all the time. Um, I'm actually stepping out of a meeting right now. Um, we're meeting right now. We, every year we do a retreat day where we're basically it's like noon to 6 p.m. Marketing, uh, un- unrolling the plans, the promotions, you know, game day events, any of that stuff. That's what we work on today. And what's really exciting and different about today's is we've um, hired a new girls coach um, for the new girls team coming, not this coming year, but the next year. Uh, her name's Caitlin Hogan. How about an exclusive for you, Scott? That's how much I like you. Her I love Caitlin it. Hogan. I love it. Her name's Caitlin Hogan. Um, just an absolute home run hire for us. Um, all-time leading scorer at D1 at St. Cloud. Um, was, a, I believe, an alternate with the U.S. Olympic team women's hockey and then when that didn't work out, she ended up joining and being a, a member of the bodybuilding and Olympic hockey. Very sharp, very qualified, very driven. Um, we really feel like we hit an absolute home run. And so here we are now. She's in this meeting, which is cool. So now we're layering on different things we can do to start building and bridging the women's hockey program and things we can do to make sure that's successful. And um, that's, again, keep doing those things. And then those D1 conversations present themselves. Wow, that, that's Thanks. big news. <laughs> that's well, really big news. I mean, um, obviously, once you start building the building, mm-hmm. where, how long do you think it'll take? So we're, we're projecting um, early 25, potentially January 26, uh, as when we would get in there. I mean, I'm looking at this process as being fluid. Things are going to change. Obviously. Uh, but, but that's our target. That's where we're at right now, and um, that's certainly what we're building towards. Have you, have uh, are, How many hurdles do you have left to get started? Or is it just a matter of we, we got to get all the plans in place now? Well, I mean, the, the, as far as the building goes, we're pretty much through that. We're still dotting some T's and I's and all that stuff. But, uh, um, it, like, it's coming. We're, we're planning for it. We're planning for it enough to hire a women's coach. You know, right. a year and a half before it even starts, we're going to add a second men's team. We're going to add a sled team. Um, this does so much for the community with youth hockey, figure skating, men's league. Um, and not to mention, like, we've, we've won four national awards for community service here. Our platform is big. Like, there's things we can do with our audience because we're getting 4,000 people to a game. Um, that adding these kinds of things is only going to, broaden the platform and the different things we can do from a community standpoint. And those things are really exciting for us. How many sheets? 
three sheets. The major sheet will be ours, which will be 3,000. We'll have a restaurant, which will be club seating, uh, like a dinner and ticket kind of combined thing that will lead up to a patio at the end. Uh, we're going to have a dry room, a regular locker room, stadium seating, film room. Um, this thing is going to be uh, pretty incredible. We're excited. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to, to get down there. So make sure you keep me informed on that, too. Um, you know it. You, you, your phone hasn't rang or anything yet from a recruit, has he? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm so excited about this because you told me off off air, and and I am so pumped up for for what you're getting because I think that is a huge get. So I can't wait to hear about that. Text me when it's when it's official, and I'll put we'll it up do. there. We'll do, and then we'll just send a preemptive thank you to, to Greg Powers and all my recruiting he's done for me. <laughs> <early>. <laughs> well, and maybe that'll force the hand on the softball game. No, yeah. wiffle ball. Get it right. I'm sorry, wiffle ball. Wiffle ball. Wiffle ball game. Yeah, I got a nasty slider, so. Well, listen, I, I, I just just so you know, I, I put it out there, Coach, so you got may it. hear from him soon. <laughs> I, I, I'll put the cleats on and start stretching. <laughs> All right, nice. nice. Okay, uh, we'll let you go on this one. Uh, you talked a little bit about what you're doing with your team in, in the future, and it looks really, really bright. And um, when we talk about the future, you know me. When I started this seven, almost eight years ago now, uh, my goal was to help grow the game by uh, by focusing on features and things like that. Um, we're not a uh, that game by game type thing. We do now in the Stanley Cup, we, which kind of covered it in the Calder Cup. But do you realize that I'm sitting in Las Vegas tonight, and there could be a Stanley Cup being presented here tonight, and in a couple of days there could be a Stanley Cup be, or a Calder Cup being presented to a Coachella Valley team, which is drawing about 10,000. They just set a new record chat for playoff hockey attendance in their wow. first year. Yeah. So if you tell me that the things aren't growing, and this is where I'm going to lead it into, Coach Powers said that he thinks a lot of people are looking at him and his program to see what they can do not only on the ice but off the ice. And I think the number he threw out, correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, but I think he said 3.2 million in ticket sales this year. Well, revenue. 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 Yeah, right. Yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, you know, positive three, you know, or somewhere between three and three five. Okay, so so basically what that says is they are a revenue sport. Um, that's got to be exciting, right? Yeah, and I mean, like you said, it's just it's about the growth of the game, and, and there's there's opportunity out west. And as much as I'm joking around here about uh, with Greg about Greg here, I mean, he deserves all the credit. He, uh, unfortunately, I was on the other bench that lost to him in the national championship game. Uh, I'm still bitter about it, and I remind him as much as I can. Um, uh, but you know, that's what kind of started it. They won that, and they kind of snowballed in some other things, and obviously, other things involved too. Um, but to go from that to see this thing at Division One, and uh, I was able to catch a Coyotes uh, Colorado game in Mullet. Now they got this unbelievable arena. I walked around. We got to play ASU's team there last year um, and got to see a little bit. I mean, it's it definitely is cool. It is. It, I mean, can you imagine ten years ago they'd be like, "Hey, someone's going to win the cup, either Vegas or Miami, Florida," and you're like, "What?" Like. <laughs> doesn't even make sense so I, I mean i think it says a lot it's great for the game and the growth and getting different markets involved like nothing is going to grow a market like like the success is going to and obviously vegas has been you know extremely successful since day one and they're um and that's a big reason for why there's such a great following there i mean you could feel it when we go play unlv we feel the vegas crowd the knights crowd and you see all that stuff everywhere and obviously in that rink you have to because it's all over the place but um, you can see from an outside perspective the impact it's made in this small area. 
And it's kind of like guerrilla marketing for, for uh, the NHL across the North, North America. If we can keep hitting those pockets and building from little areas, that collectively is going to elevate the NHL and the game we all love. Well, I challenge you, Coach, to, uh, to get to Palm Springs and see that uh, a game oh, in Akersher. Um, they've kept me here for almost eight weeks. Wow. <laughs> yeah, this well, team is rough. unbelievable. Palm Springs is really tough for eight weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, anyway, Coach, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate the insight. We always appreciate the conversation. Uh, don't change that lock code on me because I may need to get into uh -huh. your office sometime. So don't, yeah, don't do that. It. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Put a wanted poster up on the front. That's the head coach from the University of Arizona, ACHA men's D1 team, Chad Berman, joining us. Um, Paul and I will be right back in just a couple minutes to uh, wrap up another episode of College Hockey West Weekly. We'll be right Thanks, back. Coach. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. banks it towards the goalie. campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for the next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, summer skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. From the nation's best college hockey conference, access exclusive on-demand content and watch more than 140 live games. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. On your phone, computer, or stream to your TV. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. When you can't be there, be here. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. 
ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack. It's located at 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe and 592 West White Mountain Boulevard in Pine Top, as well as its Ghost Kitchen in Queen Creek. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. Coming to you from the Summer Skate Studios, it's ITHSW Podcast's College Hockey West Weekly. Indeed it is, College Hockey West Weekly. Scott Strandy with you today, 37 floors above the Vegas Strip, at the beautiful Rio Hotel Suite, and uh, I'm telling the suites, yeah, something like that, the Rio. Anyway, my co-host as always from that big, beautiful palatial estate out on Long Island, New York, which now, now... Now he must come up with numbers for uh, Coach Berman to entice him to uh, make the move. So, um, Paul? Well, uh, listen, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I, if I have 34, if I had an extra 32 million, not for nothing. You'd do it? Not, Would you donate no, it? It's not going down south. Oh, okay. Just checking. Just checking. <laughs> listen, I, I, listen, we talked to the coach. I told you I'm pulling for the coach. I, wa- I want them to make the jump. I want one of his alumni to come up with 32 million. Especially since they're already going to have the building. And I'm all for that. It's not coming out of okay. my pocket. I'm not you. Okay. But, but I want one of his alumni to do that. Because, uh, well, you know, we need, to I, get that, we need to get that going again. Let me let me say a couple of things here. Uh, are there two more um, progressive, confident um, people you just want to jump on the ice and play for than Coach Greg Powers and Coach Chad Berman. You have those two in Arizona. Why can't the Coyotes get this right? Why why can't they do something? Um, do they have to hire one of them uh, or do something? Because those two just exude enthusiasm for the game of hockey. And we can't, in 30 years almost, we can't get an NHL team to buy in at all. I'm watching, as we speak, Paul, the uh, – the opening of the uh, Stanley Cup final game five. And they had a quote from Bill Foley, and he said, I don't think it's unrealistic. You make the playoffs in three years, you win the Cup in six. That's confidence. That's put your money where your mouth is. That's, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But it's not for a lack of effort or dollars or enthusiasm. So so quit building hockey rinks uh, uh, or trying to build hockey rinks to sell the land around it. And let's build a hockey rink to have a hockey team. And let's build winners. We see it in, in Coachella Valley. We're seeing it here in Vegas. We're seeing it now in Tucson. Uh, they're, they're challenging a $94 million building to, uh, to improve and to grow the game. You saw what happened at Mullet Arena, what Coach Powers is doing, bringing in over $3 million in revenue. Uh, let's get this done. Gosh, we can't keep this up. We just can't. Well, listen, I get that, and, and, and you know, uh, as has been said, um, focus on the hockey team, not the entertainment district. Nobody if you, if you focus on the hockey team, the rest of it will come along with it. Yeah. You have to focus. Ask Bill Foley, right? Uh, I asked Bill Foley after year one. I asked him about what's going on with all these jersey sales. How rich are you getting out for jersey sales? And uh, he joked. But here's the fact: he doesn't care about that. 
No, but you know what he does care about? At the end of the day, he cares winning. about growing the game and, and winning. winning yes. And winning. And when winning, you know, when they win, he can count his bank account numbers and watch them go up. And if they win tonight, and they very well might, they, might. Um, they will be uh, a large number of zeros popping up in the bank account in the very near future for one Bill Foley. And doggone it, he deserves it. He's uh, oh, salt of the sure. earth. Uh, he's out there. And that's what you need if you want to win. So so quit saying, oh, you know, woe be us and, and things are so hard and, and this and that. BS. Fight through it. If you want this, Fight through it. I'm talking to you, Arizona Coyotes. I've, I've kept my mouth shut for a long time. Hey, don't worry about the but, sports. But now book. it's time. Now it's time to, to to get it done if you really are serious about hockey. Yeah, let's, get, let's worry about the hockey, not worry about the sports book. Exactly. Exactly. I don't give a uh, – there's, there's no shortages of apartments. No. In, no. In, get, in, 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 in the Phoenix and Valley area. There's, there's no shortage of apartments. There's no – uh, worry about the hockey team. Don't. Who cares about? If you win, you'll you'll make your money back on your hockey team. Yeah, uh, exactly. And just just ask the folks gonna, right down at Coachella Valley. Ask them what it's like. They brought, you know, yeah. When the season started for them at home in December and January, there were snowbirds. But right now, they're drawing more than ten thousand people. They're selling out playoff games to to the locals. And there's not a lot of locals. Palm Springs is not that big, so, oh, so they're doing. There. They, they well, they do an awful lot of uh, building the game. And and Dan Bilesma is another one. He's gone out. He's put it out there. The Seattle Kraken organization have done a fantastic job. Troy Brody, the job that he's done. I mean, I go on and on and on about guys that want to win, and that winning is contagious. I go to the grocery store, Paul. In Palm Springs, or I go anywhere in Palm Springs, and two or three times a day, somebody sees my shirt, and they go, Ice Time Hockey West, what's that? And I'll tell them, and they go, oh, you're here covering our hockey team. I got to get there. I can't get a ticket. A lady told me today, she goes, I can't get a ticket? How do I get a ticket? I have to watch it on TV. That's well, enthusiasm. Well, I mean, listen, you know, I I, I'm a, I agree with you. I, listen, I have, you know, we you know it's 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 plain and simple and you know we have these battles or at least i try to have them in a professional manner online because you know your place you can deal with this is is whether they like it on twitter and 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 i it's not about yeah i want i didn't never said i wanted the coyotes to fail I don't want them in my building, but I don't want them to fail. But nope. it's, it's got to be about hockey, and it, it's yeah. never been about hockey. Never. Not since Ever. day one. And let me tell you right now that um, it's a disservice to Greg Powers and Chad Berman, who are working their tails off to put together great products on the ice. I'm even going to go a step farther because Steve Potvin and what he's done with the Tucson Roadrunners – uh, also very, very phenomenal. And the Tucson Roadrunners, hats off to them. They are in the, the Twitter news and, and all over the place all the time. They care about their hockey team. And I know they're affiliated with the Coyotes, but come on, man. I mean, if you don't want that, then let somebody else have it that wants it. And let's find somebody that wants to do it. 
because this is getting ridiculous. And it's it's a disservice to ASU, to U of A, to Grand Canyon, to, to everybody in the hockey world, to the fans, the devoted fans that want to see professional hockey. You're not helping them. You're not helping them by doing this stuff. And uh, trust me, I'm around a lot of hockey uh, environments around the country. And people ask me all the time when they find out that I have a, a base in Arizona, they say, what's going on there? Because they don't understand it. Hockey people are different. It's about hockey first. And then everything else comes along with it. And if you don't believe that, ask the, the Seattle Kraken, ask the Vegas Golden Knights. All right. I, I'm off my soapbox, but um, uh, Chad Berman is is phenomenal. I mean, I, I haven't had a chance to visit with him for a while. I reach out to him today on short notice. I say, hey, coach, will you come on and talk about your program and about playing uh, ASU and what it means to that? And he says, what time? And I tell him, he goes, count me in. And listen, so that's, uh, and, and, that's what you want. That's and, what you want I, in your coach. Right. And I've said this to you, and we know it's the biggest, biggest hurdle is a building. Of course it is. And if, and, and if those plans go through, um, again, as ASU has proven, and, and Lindenwood did it too, you don't need $100 million like Penn State got. You need, you, you need the seed money. Uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, I joke around, and, and I mean, obviously if somebody went to, to emailed Berman and said, hey, uh, I got 34 for you. He's going to take it. And he'll worry about the rest later, especially since they're already building the building. Yeah. And, but, and then it's a whole different conversation with your administration. If they look right. at it and say, and they turn it down, well, then, different. yeah, then there's nothing you can do about it. So, right. anyway, I, I'm just, I'm just totally thrilled and excited for what Chad does. And keep in mind, he hasn't won that national championship yet, and he wants it bad. And he also knows that there are other teams that uh, want it bad. And instead of shying away from it, he's challenging that. He's challenging his guys to to go be competitive, to be better, to uh, not sit on your laurels. And one, one of those things, and I'll get off the bandwagon again right now, but Jesse Lowell, the captain, a fifth-year guy coming back this year, and he told me before the national tournament, he said, I've already told Coach Berman I'm coming back, win, lose, or draw, because I'm not I'm not satisfied with where we are yet. So yeah, I'll be back. Listen, that's that's you how you grow right. the game. Yeah. Period. You know, it's hard to argue with that point. That last point. You want guys that are loyal to your program. He he would stay as long as he could stay. He's not the only I, one that's done that. No, well, I listen. But, I totally understand not wanting to leave. <laughs> Nobody knows that better than I do. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll let you do the close here in just a second. I just want to shout out one more time to to Mike and Jesse Ray over at Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Uh, tragic, uh, about midnight, a little after midnight, a uh, fire broke out in their uh, original location at 5611 South Valley, B- Valley View Boulevard right here in Vegas. And uh, as Mike put it, total loss. Um, he said, we will get to the bottom of it. We will figure it out. We will continue to go. And oh, by the way, our Henderson location is still open and doing great. Uh, I took some pictures. I'll put them up on Twitter. Um, enjoying the food still. And uh, if you can, go help Mike and Jesse Ray out by uh, buying some barbecue, buying some sauce. Um, 
show them the love guys. Nobody loves hockey more than Mike. I guarantee it. Uh, he has put more into this than almost anybody, um, from a very grassroots level. Let's just put it that way. Well, hopefully, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the business part of it, the insurance, which I'm sure he has to have, and hopefully that takes care and it can rebuild it. Um, you know, because, um, you know, it's it's an it's 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 i know it was you know the one time i got to visit you know it's it's like that perfect small um you know that that i hate to use the phrase hole in the wall but you know the local place that uh you know you go and you feel like it's home so hopefully they're able to 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 redo that i think they will take it away my friend from the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask, College Hockey West Weekly, brought to you by Jesse Ray's Barbecue. The best in barbecue Las Vegas style. Make sure you go visit them and support them at their second location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. And, uh, you know, show them the love that they need to recover from, from the loss. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or behindthemask.com. For the NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey, Jets Pizza. Go to jetspizza.com to find your fresh deal at your nearest Jets location today. Top Golf, play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how. See your local Top Golf Center or go to topgolf.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos Worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. College Hockey Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. Liberty University, hockey education and faith with equal passion at liberty.edu. And by the Caesars Sportsbook app. Play responsibly on the Sportsbook app that lets you earn Caesars rewards. College Hockey West Weekly presented by Behind the Mask and all of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and available for download at your favorite podcast platform. Search, subscribe, rate, and review ITHSW podcasts, all one word. That's I-T-H-S-W podcasts, all one word. Help people find the show. Behind the Masks, College Hockey West Weekly, and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. A quick update. After one period in Hershey, Pennsylvania, it is 1-1 between the Firebirds and the Bears. Ethan Frank, NCHC player from Western Michigan, gets the first goal of the game about mid- a little more than midway through for the Bears. And uh, one Brogan Rafferty, again, the scoring defenseman. I'll tell you, the defenseman activate that, uh, and both of them, Paul, on the power play. So um, we'll be keeping track of what goes on with the Firebirds. And, of course, in just a couple of minutes, things get underway right here in Vegas. And the uh, um, Vegas Golden Knights will look to eliminate and win the very first cup in their long history. (laughs) Have a good night. (laughs) Good night, everybody.